Chapter 24, Living Aware. When you're exploring the idea of how focused awareness helps the brain grow new neurons, you could divide the world into two groups of people. Those who think and consider and figure things out, and those who give up, stop thinking, and seldom really exercise their minds at all. There are aware people, and there are unaware people, and those who live somewhere in between. This isn't about how smart someone is, or even about the amount of education someone has. Some of the least aware people are well-educated. It's beyond that. It's about learning to be alive and actively aware and curious every day you're here. Unaware people are not any less important individuals. They've just been programmed to think in a less curious way than more aware people think. They're as smart and as capable. They're just living their lives as they learn to live them in an uninterested way. But I've often thought about the fact that they seem to be missing out on so much. It's as though no one taught the unaware people the one lesson on paying attention to life that might have added so much to their lives. What we see as the aware thinkers are the same people who are often healthier, who remain sharper and more in tune with life throughout their entire lives, even into old age. I'll give you an example of an unaware person and an aware person. The person we'll call unaware gets up, goes to work, works hard, gets tired, comes home, has dinner, sits down and watches TV, gets more tired and falls asleep, still watching something on television that he won't remember in the morning. The next day, unaware, gets up, goes to work, gets tired, goes home and repeats the same old routine again. He will have his moments, times when He is actually awake and aware of his life and the life that is happening around him. The special birthday, the daughter's wedding, winning the sales contest at work. But for the most part, his brain is running on tired programs. Every day he does nothing truly different or new. So nothing in his brain is being wired to be different or new. If he keeps it up, he will become a statistic. His mind will die before he does. His heart will fail for lack of interest. And along with the sorrow of losing him, he will in time be remembered for nothing more than the fact that he was here for a short while and then passed on. The other person, the one we'll call aware, gets up in the morning, begins his day with a prayer or meditation, and asks himself the question, what will I do today to make life better? Or he already planned his day the night before. He goes to his work. Sometimes he enjoys and he knows his work is is the vehicle he has chosen to reach the goals he has set. He may work hard, but his work is not his only focus. His life is his focus. When he goes home after work, he chooses from the myriad of activities that compete for his attention, doing stimulating, fun things with his family, going to his night school class, 
working on the storyline for the novel he has set a goal to write, studying what he will need to know about the hydroponic garden he has started in the greenhouse he built in the backyard, or contacting a friend who needs an uplifting phone call. With the person who remains unaware, the brain dies very slowly over time, over a lifetime. But that's what it does. The term use it or lose it applies all too accurately in this case. As mentioned earlier, when the brain no longer uses a circuit or pathway, it deletes it in a process called pruning. In actual neurological fact, it stops growing or changing and begins to atrophy. atrophy. The unaware brain stops being truly alive. It stops being smart and interested and hopeful and mindful of the exceptional opportunities that were awaiting its interest. With the aware person, the brain continues to grow and change. In this case, in a very positive way. The brain of the aware person is stimulated to grow. And because of his or her interests and activity, that's what it does. Day after day, year after year. We don't know from this short look at their lives which one of them will live the longest, but we do know which one will live the most. Aware will live a better life than unaware. Why? Because the human brain does best when it is constantly stimulated, pushed, moved forward, forced to tackle new obstacles in new ways, and is continually confronted with new ideas, new opportunities, and new possibilities. Do that for a month and take note of the results. Do it for a year. Do that for the rest of your life. The Neuroplastically Active Brain To paraphrase, a brain in motion tends to stay in motion, while a brain at rest tends to stay at rest. That's why active people tend to stay active and inactive people stay in the couch. It is habit, of course, but it's also the brain doing what you're wiring it to do. When you're mentally active, your brain is more awake and aware and keeps itself sensitized to what's going on in the world around it. When you stay aware, you are identifying many more moments of attention than when your brain is indifferent to what's going on around you. As an example, imagine two people riding as passengers in two different cars being driven in the exact same route around through town. The two cars are driving together in one in front of the other. In the first car, the aware passenger notices many things, how long it's taken the average traffic light to change at each of the intersections the car goes through, which retail stores are open and which are closed, which stores are advertising sales in a residential area, which lawns are nearly mowed and which are not, whether the school the car passes is open or closed, and on what date the school closed for summer vacation. This passenger notices the name of the song playing on the radio and who's singing the song, whether the streets are in good repair or need improvement, which billboards are interesting and effective and which ones miss the mark, how many kids are playing on the sidewalks, what the sky is like today, and what 
that suggests for the weather later on, how many red cars there have been on the road today, and are there more fewer red cars than usual. Meanwhile, the unaware passenger riding in the second car and taking the exact same route through town right behind the first car has a very different drive and notices almost nothing. This passenger notices only the red lights seem to be taking too long. And why can't the drive go faster? And that's pretty much it. Same exact route, same amount of time, same opportunities to be alive, same opportunities to engage the brain. One of the passengers sees dozens of things, the other passenger sees almost nothing. Which of these passengers' brains has the better chance of staying, quote-unquote, alive longer? It's the first passenger, of course. The second passenger's brain is already shutting down. It has probably been shutting down for a long time. I'm not suggesting you have to be aware of everything, though that's a great neuron-building exercise, but if all other things were equal, the passenger in the first car has a handle, rather, has hands down, chance of living a better, more fulfilling life. The first passenger's brain will continue to grow. The other passenger's brain will continue to die. You can probably think of people who know, rather you know, who are something like the first passenger, and some who are more like the second passenger. But what's most important is which kind of passenger do you choose to be. You don't always have to be on, but when you're the one riding somewhere in a car or walking somewhere or at work or just being at home or thinking about what you'll do tomorrow, how awake, how aware, how interested, how vital have you trained your mind to be? Because we are creatures of habit, or rather creatures of our programs, we become accustomed to believing that the way we've been living our lives must be a normal acceptable way to keep on living. But if, but what if we're wrong about that? What if some of the things we're doing are the exact opposite of the things we, that would make our lives better? What if what we're doing, we've been doing, isn't really creating a better future? If you'd like your brain to do more things for you, consider those things you might be doing now that could be wiring it against you. If you like to stimulate, excite, and grow your brain, here are some things to avoid. Avoid doing the same things each day, day in and day out, doesn't work. Being bored doesn't work. Never reading a book doesn't work. Never reading a book outside of your personal interests doesn't work. Spending useless time online doesn't work. Doing the same things this year you did last year doesn't work. Always talking about the same things doesn't work. Refusing to try something new doesn't work. Watching endless television doesn't work. Never enrolling in a new class or never learning anything new doesn't work. Refusing to change doesn't work. Having a who cares attitude doesn't work. Believing that this is just the way I am doesn't work. Not setting new goals doesn't work. Getting up in the morning and doing nothing new doesn't work. Being negative doesn't work. Self-medicating to dull stress or anxiety doesn't work. Hey, Doing nothing of value doesn't work. 
giving up doesn't work. When people feel they have nothing interesting, quote-unquote, to talk about, it's usually because they're not doing anything interesting, learning anything new, or thinking interesting thoughts. In a world that is literally filled with interesting things of every description everywhere around us, some people have trouble coming up with even two or three things that are interesting. They're not creating any new neural pathways in their brains that give their mind and their future any new paths to follow. What did the sky look like the last time you saw it? What time is sunrise tomorrow morning? What outfit did your spouse or maid have on when she or he left for work today? What new subject or idea will your mind seize upon today? What will you do or learn that is new or different or interesting today? We've learned that improving the plasticity of our brains is up to us, and each day we're given a thousand chances to practice it and get it right. Here's the kind of thinking that works. Finding interesting, exciting new things to do works. Being open to new ideas works. Having faith in your future works. Always being keenly observant of the details of the world around you works. Staying positive regardless of the circumstances works. Remembering how you felt when you first dreamed about your future works. Learning an entirely new skill works. Finding and making new friends with new ideas works. Studying the room you're in works. Setting clear, specific, active new goals and working on them every day works. Replacing television with something that demands your thinking works. Listening intently and intelligently instead of talking vacuously works. Making a change to a different career works. Spending time with inspired people works. Believing that you are just beginning instead of ending or being stuck where you are works. Being inquisitive and asking questions works. Reading biographies of inspiring life changers works. Spending time visiting places you've never been works. Joining clubs or groups outside of your own interest areas works. Looking forward with positive enthusiasm to every tomorrow works.